today on Ag News Daily. What we've done is created a farmer-to-farmer network across the country and into Canada. Uh, And then for those farmers, we bring products and services to them. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen, and also a Merry Christmas early from the Ag News Daily Podcasters here. Delaney Howell and my co-host, Mike Pearson. Good afternoon, Delaney. It's almost a ho-ho-ho holiday time. That was uh, pretty pathetic, Mike. Eh, what are you going to do? Yeah. You and your Grinchy spirit. I'm not Grinchy. I am very festive. Okay. You got your Christmas sweater on? I've got a sweatshirt on. It's uh, <laughs> vaguely Christmassy, I guess. It's got... Okay. That's good. I decided it's I'm going to wear... anti-Christmas. I decided I'm going to wear red and green, like Christmas puked on me for market to market tonight. I think you should. I think you absolutely should. <laughs> good to be in the spirit. Well, they told me I couldn't wear a Christmas sweater, so this is like the next best thing I can do. Absolutely. Green dress, red jacket. Red dress, or red skirt, green jacket. There you go. There yeah. you go. That'll work. It's really cute. Really crispy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, good. That'll give our, our listeners something to tune into for yes. Market to Market. There we go. Well, you'll be talking news on the show, but we get to talk it early. So, Delaney, what's the big news you're keeping an eye mm-hmm. on as we head into the weekend? Well, I mean, I think, obviously, everybody's watching to see if we get a shutdown, a government shutdown, but... We really won't find that out until probably late tonight if we have that or not. However, I thought this was kind of funny. So yesterday, we, of course, know that President Trump signed the new farm bill into law. And I didn't realize this, but it was Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue's birthday. And President Trump apparently made a uh, reference to that at the event and said, this is the best birthday gift you could have. He said that to Secretary Perdue. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, no, that's clever. I didn't realize it was his birthday. I didn't either. So happy late birthday to Secretary Purdue. Yes, yeah, so a happy belated indeed to our uh, our good friend Secretary Sonny. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd know who we were, but hey, we I've to... had lunch with him. I'm kind of a big oh, deal. oh well, my bad. <laughs> it was it was me and you know 15 other of his closest friends. Mm, yeah, I'm sure. I've got a letter, and I think it's signed by him, not just a computer. Oh, not just a stamp. I not I don't think so. It, okay. it looks awfully authentic. Either that or the stamps have, have maybe improved quite a bit over the past decade. <laughs> could be, could be. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, the shutdown continues to be the news. I've got, you know, some stories on that. Trump is trying to meet with the Republican colleagues mm-hmm. in the Senate to try and get something passed, but it sounds as though the lines in the sand have been drawn. Mm-hmm. Trump and the Republicans want the $5 billion for the wall. The Democrats, uh, Senator Schumer, said, we're not going to get it. It's dead on arrival. So we'll see. Now it's just a lot of partisan bickering about who owns the shutdown and blah, 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 blah. They at least, they did get the temporary extension passed or not? Nope, never passed the House. Oh, okay. So that's what we're still waiting on. Nope, that has been pulled. Now there is a new bill in the Senate um, basically funding for longer, but including a $5 billion uh, spending increase for the wall. And that's what the Democrats uh, are saying they're never going to vote for. Okay. Yeah, well, so midnight tonight, we're probably going to shut her down, is my guess. Shut her down. Shut her down. So, folks, that's going to, uh, excuse me, negate all of the FSA improvements, yep. all of the MFP payments, all that stuff will be going on hold. Yep. Absolutely. Well, 
yesterday, kind of during the flurry of news happening, we uh, saw the USDA unveil unveil the long-awaited GMO labeling. So food companies and agriculture companies seem to actually, I guess, adhere or like the new guidelines delivered that create kind of a uniform national standard mandating the disclosure of genetically modified food ingredients. So companies can disclose the presence of GMOs via a designated symbol that the USDA chose, a QR code, or use the term bioengineered, which that is what the USDA says aligns more closely to the law that dictates genetically modified organisms. Uh, January 2022 is the final compliance date, so I think companies have until then to figure out what they're going to do. Um, but there is one key provision that food companies and agriculture companies seem to be split on. There's a loophole that apparently exempts highly refined ingredients such as corn syrup and vegetable oil. So some businesses like Nestle and Mars and other consumer groups are warning that buyers will remain in the dark about what's in their food, in part because the regulation would exempt a wide range of products if they contain corn syrup or vegetable oil. So the way I understand this, I can label something GMO free, Mm -hmm. even if it contains corn syrup that has that was made from, you know, real corn or, you know, traded. Yeah. GMO corn. Yeah. Hmm. That's the way I understand it, too. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's it's one of those things. I think I I guess my take is don't let them do that. I mean, if they're going to. If they're going to claim to be GMO free, let's make them be GMO free. If, you know, show them just how important it is that we get these traded varieties, these genetically modified varieties, they're vital to our food system and they're in darn near everything. Yeah. So I guess ag groups are arguing that there's not a detectable amount of genetic material in products like that. And that's why they don't believe that it should be labeled. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and that kind of points to the whole stupidity of this whole thing. There's there's zero molecular difference between corn syrup produced from a traded variety versus a conventional variety, you know. So, yeah, I guess then, you know, why should you have to label it if there's no difference? But then why are they labeling at all if there's no difference? It's all just Mm -hmm. The other thing is genetically modified marijuana could also be kind of a lucrative Uh, thing to go off of GMOs here. So they're still trying to figure out what they want to do for regulations on that. Is there genetically modified marijuana? I think so. Super Kush? GMO chronic? Well, actually, this says modified marijuana is still in the R&D stages, but the product could jump from labs to farms within just a couple of years. Interesting. I I wonder how they're modifying it. I don't know. I assume they're upping the, the THC, would be my guess, making it even more uh, I don't, stoner friendly, I would suppose. Stronger? That's my <laughs> guess. I mean, what else would you do with, with how else would you modify marijuana? Unless, you, of course, you're going to make flavor it roundup it? resistant. I don't know. Put a flavor in with it? That could be. But I could see I could see a roundup resistant variety, although they grow it predominantly in greenhouses, in greenhouses so maybe yeah. that's not that much I of an issue. Or maybe they're genetically modifying it so it grows faster or has a shorter growth cycle. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Well, we will have to keep an eye on that. Hey, if there are any weed scientists, and I mean not weed <laughs> Marijuana scientists. Marijuana scientists. Yes. Yes. Some of the, the the scientists studying the sticky, icky, icky. Um, shoot us a note. Let us know exactly what, what what are you guys doing? What are you tinkering with over there in your in your labs? Yeah, it would be kind of interesting. That would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I've got a note here from Reuters. Apparently, China is set to buy more beans before Christmas. Oh, wow. Which gives them today and Monday. Yeah. And uh, half of, as far half as I'm aware, Monday. We, uh, we don't have any confirmations of sales coming, but they're saying that mm-hmm. uh, a- apparently China is set to purchase more, another 2 million metric tons of beans here before the Christmas holiday. So. So get on it, China, if you're going to be doing it. Well, so going off of that, talking about trade a little bit more, one of the things that got signed into the Farm Bill that I don't think really has made it to the forefront yet is trade with Cuba. So with the new Farm Bill that's now officially into law because President Trump signed it yesterday, um, we have the U.S. will be allowed to basically market products, commodity products, in Cuba because the U.S. commodity exporters can now use the Department of Agriculture's market promotion funding in Cuba. So I thought that was kind of exciting. There are basically no barriers now. Cuba is no longer treated any different from any other foreign market. And for a long time there, we were kind of hesitant to trade with Cuba. We had, of course, the the embargo, trade embargo with Cuba. Now Cuba is even. We can trade with them. And I think that that's, I've talked to quite a few people who think Cuba is going to be kind of an up-and-coming market for the U.S. here moving forward. Now, that's interesting. So this removes all the restrictions that Cuba used to have on buying yes. uh, agricultural goods from the U.S.? They no yep. longer have to pay in cash? Right. Interesting. That is a big change. Yeah. So that'll be well, nice. you know, that could be a decent market for our friends, especially in the southeast mm-hmm. and at the Gulf ports. So maybe we can ship a few more beans to Cuba here over the next year. That would certainly be helpful. Yes. And it would be helpful, Delaney, because farmers are... Suffering. I mean, we're seeing a downturn, continued downtrend in net farm income, which means they're turning to their lenders more and more. And another thing that happened in the farm bill is we upped the limits for loan guarantees and direct loans from FSA. So right now, the FSA can issue a loan guarantee up to $1.75 million. That's up about $350,000 from the current limit. And it doubles the loan limit for direct farm ownership. So these are the real estate loans uh, to 600000 And operating loans, you can now borrow from the FSA directly up to $400,000. So this is good news for those of you who are trying to crunch some numbers and make things pencil. A lot of times, those they come with additional strings, but you can get a pretty darn good interest rate on operating notes from the FSA. All right. Good news there. Yeah, but remember... Those offices might well be closed (laughs) if the government shuts down. Yeah. And they're going to be closed probably Monday and Tuesday anyway due to the Christmas holiday. Yep, for sure. So we're looking at end of next week if we don't have a government shutdown. If we do have a government shutdown, I don't know what, like, what happens or what has to happen. For what? For us to reopen the government, I guess, for it to be not shut down. Funding gets restored. The Senate but, votes, and they pass yeah. one of these funding measures, and then the money, the spigot gets turned back on, and uh, everybody goes back to work. Okay. Yep. So well, I'm all out of news. Delaney, we've got a good interview. Yeah, I have one other quick piece here. Going down to Brazil, we've got a little bit of news here coming out related to JBS. Federal police raided the home of Science and Technology Minister Gilberto Kassab over allegations that he received up to $13.8 million in bribes from JBS. 
Jeez, I got to get a job in the government down in Brazil. I tell you what, that sounds like <laughs> one of the most lucrative gigs going. Yeah, I know. You could be a millionaire. I absolutely would be. Folks, I'm willing to take a bribe right now. I don't know what you'd bribe me for, but I'm absolutely for sale. I don't think you, I think you have to have power to get a bribe. Oh, you think so? Oh, so, I think you're probably out. Yep, yep, I'm probably Sorry out. To well, now yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, that's Delaney. Well, let's jump into the markets. What do you say? Let's do it, Mike. All right, folks, and our markets are brought to us by our friends at the Zaner Group. Remember, you can get in touch with them any time of the year, probably not on Tuesday, but I would guess any other day. They're going to be in the office. They're happy to take your call and, and help you out with your marketing risk management or deal. So give them a shout. You can reach them at 312-277-0050, or you can visit them on the web at zaner.com and tell them you heard it, of course, on Ag News Daily. Looking at the grain markets, we've got a little bit of strength in the corn market today. March corn was up one and a quarter cents at three seventy six and a half. The May contract up one and a quarter as well at three eighty two and a quarter. Soybeans, China didn't buy, so beans are up today slightly. The January contract closed higher by half a penny at eight ninety four even. The March was up a penny at nine oh seven and a quarter. Chicago wheat fell slightly. The March contract down a quarter penny at five twenty three and a quarter. The May down a quarter as well at five thirty and three quarters. Jumping over to the world of livestock, we've got a little bit of strength in live cattle. The February live cattle contract was up 35 cents on the day at 122.70. The April also up 25 cents at 124.82 and a half. In feeder cattle, the January contract down seven and a half cents at 147.35. The March up seven and a half cents, closed the day at 145.52.50. And in lean hogs, the February contract dropped a dollar and a quarter at 61.12.50. The April down 55 cents to finish the day at 67.22 and a half. Looking over at the dairy market in class three milk, December contract unchanged on the day. January down a penny at 14.29 and the Feb down three cents to finish the day at 14.49. For today's Friday interview, we're talking to Lucas Strom, head of FBN Health, a new health insurance option that was just unveiled about a week ago. Well, as we head into the weekend, it's time to think in detail about your operation and what is really affecting that bottom line before you go in and meet with your lender. One of those main costs, of course, is health insurance for your family, for your operation. And there's a new entrant on the scene providing health insurance for some growers across some states here in the country. Joining me now to discuss it is Lucas Strom, the head of insurance for Farmers Business Network. Lucas, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you for having me. So before we talk FBN Health, we've got to talk the root of the issue. What in the world is Farmers Business Network? Absolutely. So Farmers Business Network is a built-for-purpose company. Uh, we are What we've done is uh, created a farmer-to-farmer network across the country and into Canada. Uh, and then for those farmers, we bring products and services to them. So we started with agronomic data insights, benchmarking. Uh, you've heard a little bit about price transparency. So our farmers uh, will take pictures of their invoices for seed and chemical, and then we provide anonymous benchmark information back so they can see what average prices paid across the country are for those types of things. So what we're doing is trying to take information or data, turn it into information across the network, and empower farmers. Uh, so we've done that. Uh, we also sell uh, chemicals. Uh, online, kind of the Amazon of Ag Chem. Uh, it's a single price for all farmers across the country, no matter how big, how small, or where you farm. 
and we believe that's what's fair to farmers. Uh, we also have seed genetics, and then we've launched our insurance business this year, the last couple months. All And all of this is basically driven by our farmer uh, membership base. So our farmers uh, ask us or tell us what they want out of a out of SBN, and then we provide, we work on trying to provide solutions to them. And as you mentioned there, I'm sure you've heard from a lot of growers that health insurance is one of those ongoing costs that is getting to be unbearable for a lot of independent producers. What was the what was the process behind getting FBN Health launched? Yeah, great question. So, and, and you're absolutely right. Since day one, we always ask what the biggest concerns uh, of our farmers are, and healthcare has been one of the top three uh, since we started the company. Uh, it's something that uh, we've always wanted to look at, uh, look into. Uh, as farm net incomes have gone down and healthcare right costs continue to rise. It becomes a bigger and bigger issue every year. So uh, about a year and a half ago or so, we started looking at options. How could we as an FBN, as a support structure uh, for farmers, you know, we're not an employer, um, but we're, a, we're a, a company that supports farmers, how could we help out? And there's two real main ways we could help out. We could leverage the power of the network for, um, for premium reductions and uh, eligibility requirements, and then we could also provide a support structure, meaning education, information. Um, a lot of farmers, you know, uh, we always talk about the complexity of, of uh, healthcare, and and it's based for large employers. So, a farmer, being a uh, self-employed or a small business owner, uh, they don't have any support structure to help them with decisions uh, around healthcare. So we can provide that kind of support structure, and we can also leverage the network to help reduce premiums, and that's essentially what we've done here. All right. Well, now let's talk it through then. FBN Health, what, what is it? What, what am I signing up for if I do decide to go with FBN Health? Yeah, absolutely. So, no, you know, we didn't become a, you know, health insurance organization overnight. Uh, we've partnered with a Lifestyle Health Benefit Plan. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a mid-size health plan. Uh, that has a uh, regional and uh, national network of providers, and we've partnered with them to uh, bring our network uh, at scale uh, and then ta- and tailored and created a couple of uh, medical plan benefit packages. So we've got uh, anything from a low deductible to a high deductible, and then we also have an optional vision and an optional dental um, coverage. And so what we've been able to negotiate rates down so that uh, you can call us. Uh, our partner will answer the phone. They walk you through the enrollment. It's always three things a farmer wants to look at. They want to look at uh, are they eligible, and this is a group insurance plan, So, uh, and group is defined as at least two employees. That can be a husband and wife, but you just have to have two uh, employees in the group. That's for eligibility. Then you look at is your doctor in network, which we can get you that answer right away. And then we'll work on a firm quote to sell you, tell you what kind of premium we can get you. And we've already had farmers save up to $900 a month. That's $900 a month in savings uh, using our plans as opposed to some other options they might have on the marketplace uh, or within their state. 900 bucks a month. Lucas, that is a huge number. How is FBN Health able to do that? I understand you're leveraging the power of the network, but cheesy peeps, that is a ton of money. 
Yeah, and it varies. You know, everyone asks me how much you're going to save, and it varies. It varies on what your cost is today, uh, what state you live in, uh, what plans are available in the marketplace or an individual marketplace uh, within your state. Uh, there are some states, like Nebraska is just an extreme case, uh, where there's only one option on the marketplace and the way they have to rate those things, um, that if you're a relatively healthy family uh, and running a small farm operation, you have extremely high um, premiums. And so, yes, th- those savings are real, and sometimes you can save 40 35 40% on your premiums. In other cases, you might save 5%. There might be cases where you don't save and you have a good option. So it's always easiest to say, call us. It doesn't cost anything to get a second opinion. Go through the application process, figure out if you qualify, figure out what the rates would be, and see if it's a good option. We know it's not going to work for everybody. There is no silver bullet uh, when it comes to health care. Um, but, uh, but this, we believe, is a very good option for a good percentage of our membership. And what's important, too, is you have to be an FBN member to qualify for these discounted rates, but uh, you do not have to be a member to call in and get a quote. So it's very likely if you're a farmer and you're not a member of FBN, you could call in, get a rate, find out you might save $300 a month or $200 a month, but it still makes a lot of sense uh, to then join FBN as a member to get access to those discounted rates. When you think about joining FBN as a member, Lucas, how is that priced? Yeah, for FBN membership is $700 a year, and it doesn't matter how it does not matter how many acres, how big or how small you are. You just have to be a farm operation. You have to contribute uh, your agronomic data. That's it's a contributory network. So every member of FBN uh, helps contribute to the agronomic data set, right? The anonymous benchmarking information. And that way you don't have anyone coming on and just using it and not contributing to it. And that's why we always say it's a farmer-to-farmer network. So, But we made it fair that $700 a year, and we believe it's the best return on your money you can spend on an annual basis just because of the access to the information, access to the prices on chemicals, inputs, now health insurance, everything else that we do. Now, you mentioned some of the eligibility requirements. Is this open to farmers in all 50 states? Good question. It is currently open in 11 states. Uh, If you are in a state outside those 11 states, and you can find this information on fbnhealth.com, if you're outside those 11 states, I still encourage people to call and ask about availability because we'll be turning on more states uh, shortly. So we are in 11 states now. Uh, that includes, you know, a good portion of the of the heartland, if you will, the Midwest, uh, and we'll continue to kind of expand south, east, and west. Wow! So this has been a big prog- project for you guys. You've been working on it, as you mentioned, there for for uh, about a year and a half. Tell us how has enrollment been so far? I mean, you guys kicked this open here just a few weeks ago. How? What's the response been? Yeah, the the response has been great, um, you know, from members and non-members. Uh, we're just two weeks in, and uh, we're working through all the quotes. Uh, like I said, we've had some early success stories. We uh, believe they'll continue to come in. And so, you know, we're working through, quite honestly, uh, you know, we're working through the uh, inbound uh, inquiries as quickly as we can. So it, it's gone really well. And the important thing is, you know, we we launched this, later in the enrollment season, uh, you know, because the marketplace had, has deadlines and some of them were uh, December 15th, so they passed. 
the important thing to note is our enrollment goes through end of February. So even if somebody already has decided on insurance, say, three weeks ago, they could still come to us, go through the application process, find out that we can save them money, and this works for them. And if that's the case, they can discontinue, cancel their old coverage, and enroll with us through end of February. So it's set up to say, listen, it's not going to work for everybody, but in case it does, give us a call, we'll check, and if it works for you, then you can switch over to us. Wow. Now, Lucas, speaking as somebody who runs a small business in the ag world, do you have to be a farmer to qualify for FBN in health? <laughs> yeah. Today, yes. The, the short answer is that today, yes. We have received that very question uh, quite honestly quite, uh, quite often in the last two weeks. So today it's strictly a farmer uh, membership. But uh, that is something that, you know, we'll discuss for next year. Lucas, before we let you go, what are some final parting thoughts you think growers need to have in mind as they're analyzing their insurance situation heading into the new year? Well, you know, it's like any other decision we're making on the farm. Uh, You want to make sure you have the right level of service, uh, the right coverage. So make sure if you have a specific doctors that you want, make sure that your doctors are in network. Uh, Look at Look at all the details when it comes to what services. We, we provide a zero copay on uh, telemedicine and a 24-7 phone number to reach a hold of uh, doctors. Some of the things that we wanted to really tailor around, you know, people in, in rural areas and remote settings. So you know, always look at the details. That's why there's complexity in healthcare. Um, but also, you know, ultimately for that service, what are you paying for it? So it's like any other decision we make. Make sure you're getting the level of service you want in that plan, that medical plan, and then figure out where your cost is. Lucas, if this has growers thinking they want to call in, they want to get online, look up a quote, where should they go to do that? The easiest way is uh, the FBN Health website, and that is www.fbnhealth.com. It's easy to go there. There's an online form to sign up, or there's a phone number that you can call, whatever you're more comfortable with. Fantastic. Lucas Trom, thank you so much for sharing this uh, this new opportunity with us here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. Thank you very much. Well, Delaney, it's good to have more options, especially as healthcare is one of those things that is just debilitating for a lot of farmers and ranchers. Yeah. Just, gosh darn, it's expensive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, healthcare in rural America is a real issue, so it's good to see some groups taking some initiative here. Absolutely. Well, we will not be taking any initiative over the next week. Is that right? Yes. Sorry, podcast listeners. Mike and I would like to enjoy the holidays with our families, as I'm sure many of you would, too. You don't need to be listening to Ag News Daily every day next week. But if you need to catch up on old episodes, you can always find them on our new home, globalagnetwork.com, or look through any podcast directory, and they should be there as well. But, Mike, I'm sure we're going to be tweeting, Facebooking, etc. Where can folks find us if they still want to interact with us during the holiday season? They can find us on the Internet, on Facebook, and on Twitter. Just search for Ag News Daily. And if you wish we were around all next week to distract you from Christmas with your family, let us know. We're trying it out this year. If you want us around, let us know, and maybe we'll, uh, we'll keep this week in play for next year. But with that, Delaney, what do you say? Should we let the people go? Let's let them go.